It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. January 2014, uh, we're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, uh, how you doing, John? By golly, this is... I'm doing good, Gerald. How you doing today? Well, I'm doing all right. Uh, sun's trying to shine here in Missouri. I hope it does. Anyway, kind of warm it up a bit. Yeah, cold but, sunshine here, too. <laughs> yeah, we were going to do some discussing today on this uh, AMC and... Uh, can you kind of give us a rundown on the history of this thing? Why is there such a thing as AMC anyway? That's called the Appeals Management Center, and AMC is a uh, part of the VA appeals process that uh, is supposed to be in place to take claims that... Uh, uh, they're looking for more information or something. Instead of denying the claim, they'll remand it to the Appeals Management Center. And uh, it's supposed to be effective in some ways. We can compare it to a science experiment. Uh, when a star burns out, it uh, implodes. And as it implodes, it sends a lot of radiation out two directions. And that radiation is deadly wherever it hits, and it travels forever in space. And once the planet, or once the star finishes its implosion process, it turns into a black hole. Anything that enters that black hole is gone. There's no way to stop it, nothing you can do about it. So that's kind of the uh, AMC in a, in a, in a nutshell. Is once your claim gets through the VA, you get denied, you appeal it, you get to the board, to the BBA, and they put more information, the judge will remand it. Once it gets remanded to the Appeals Management Center, they're supposed to, you know, get additional information or whatever to help a veteran get his claim through. In a lot of cases, it sits there for years, and then they start playing football with it. They'll pass it back to the BBA, and they'll toss it back to the AMC, back to the BBA, back to the AMC, back to the BBA. You know, and so on and so on. Um, you hear a lot of claims and a lot of approval and a lot of things like that out of the regional offices. You know, people are happy because they've got their claim awarded and approved. Uh, you hear some folks at the BBA getting decisions, you know, and they're winning their claims. Um, you hardly ever hear anything out of the Appeals Management Center. And, uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Uh, and Gerald, he knows personally because he's been stuck in there for how long, Gerald? Oh, my land. Uh, three or four years, maybe longer. It's easy to lose track. 
uh, it seems like it goes, uh, your claim will go from the regional office up to the uh, Board of Veterans Appeals, and uh, you'll have a meeting with a judge, and and uh, then if they, they figure uh, you need more research done on your claim because the regional office didn't uh, do their due diligence, they send it off to the AMC. And uh, a lot of times the AMC will go ahead and, and send it out from there. Uh, so... Uh, I know on my claim, originally they sent it to the Nashville Resource Center, which is supposed to help take care of the overload from the AMC, which is handling the overload from the BBA. And uh, every time they need another uh, uh, stopping place, uh, kind of like bus stops. Uh, you'll you'll stop here and you'll wait a couple of hours. Or, well, in this case, you're waiting a couple of months, maybe a year, uh, and then it goes to the next one, and then it'll get reverted back uh, to the AMC, and then the AMC will set on it maybe another six months or a year. And they'll send it back to the BBA, and the BBA will look things all over, and then they'll end up and say, well, uh, we're going to deny this. So they deny it, and you send it back to them and uh, say, look, uh, they were supposed to get the, the VA supposed to furnish this information, and uh, where's it at? So the... BBA will send it back to the AMC. I think mine's been back there three times, maybe four. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there to the uh, AMC and then the Nashville Resource Center. Uh, now it's sitting there in limbo somewhere in between. So, but... Uh, uh, it's it, BBA now. It's not, uh, uh, yeah, it's headed back to the BBA now. And so what are they going to do? I, I've spoken to some people there at the uh, AMC, and they said, uh, don't, don't feel bad. We've seen some of them come back and forth here at least 15 times. Now, can you imagine mm -hmm. that? I can't mm -hmm. even comprehend that. There's no excuse for it. I guess I keep asking for a piece of information that uh, they've already got. That's true. That's that's what I'm finding out. The information that you've asked for years ago. And uh, they keep using that same excuse, and yet they're come, they fail to come up with this information. I mean, there's, there must be a point in time that they'd have to come to a conclusion that they've lost or destroyed this information. It's no longer available to them. But yet all this time, the veteran's sitting out here waiting, and it's, uh, it's just not right. Uh, 
So who knows? It's hard to say. It appears that every time they want to kill more time, they'll create another agency. Uh, right now, there's three or four that go through, and uh, it'll probably end up where there's six, seven, eight of them. They'll go from one to another, and each one's eating up six months to a year or or longer. And if it goes back through the system, you've lost all that time, and it goes right back through it. So right. you have to wait. Right. Yeah. But folks, if you have a complex claim and you work with exposure issues and things like that, then your possibility of winding up in the AMC, if, especially if the VA has to obtain information from another government agency, and especially an agency like uh, DOD and Black Ops and things like that. Um, that makes it uh, very difficult because once you get stuck in the AMC, you know, you're in that black hole and it's, uh, it's ugly. Well, Jeff, well, what's some the, ways uh, you can... Uh, yeah, the, uh, you have your... Uh, claims they call a exposure issue claim uh, kind of a complex claim. Uh, you know, uh, if you didn't lose a leg or an arm or something, where it's so obvious. Uh, but exposure issues, a lot of times, uh, you can look fit as a fiddle and be sick, sicker and all get out, uh, uh, and. Uh, Whenever you start discussing exposure issues with the VA, uh, they have a tendency to turn a blind eye on you. And those are the difficult claims to get through. And uh, I'm sure, uh, as most of you are aware, uh, you're uh, Gulf War veterans and uh, especially your atomic veterans. Uh, how they treated those, and uh, any exposure issue, they treat the same. Oh, you look fine to me. Go on, go. Quit bothering us. You're just looking for a handout. Mm. And uh, it, it's, it's hard to get a, a you know, honest uh, dealings with the BA. They they're pretty one-sided. Go ahead, John. Since you've been in the black hole, how many times have you went to a VA facility for a nurse practitioner CMP exam? About four times. And uh, after you read their examination... You wonder if, if if they even remember seeing you because usually what they write up on you is is <laughs> and no comparison to what you are. Uh, <laughs> they uh, the nurse that practitioner some of them seem to take a, I don't know where they get the training. 
Uh, or even if they get training, I think they just designate them uh, CMP examiners and uh, turn them loose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's straight. Uh, God. I mean, they're no help. Uh, and they're, they're supposed to be, you know, uh, have a a balanced, you know, try to look at both sides of things. Is this person possibly really ill, or is it the possibility this could have happened? And, of course, with them, it's always no. Uh, uh, well, they call it a figment of your imagination. Black hole. Yeah, back to the black hole you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then when you raise enough ruckus, they'll send you back. BBA. Another CMP exam. Back to the BBA. Back to the black hole. So, that's a... Yeah, I I find that amazing how many times they can send them back and forth. Uh, there must be a way yeah. to combat that, and uh, that's why I recommend everyone to secure attorney as early on in your claims process as you can. And it's only getting worse. Huh? Rephrase that. Uh, I would. Well, you, you need to secure attorney. As early in your processing of your claim as you can. Uh, Legally do. <laughs> and I mean it. Uh, it's serious. Uh, otherwise, you're going right. to sit there for years. Uh, attorney's the quickest way to get through the claims process. Although, at best, it's going to drag on. It's going to drag on. But you can... You might knock a few years off waiting. Okay, now when do you get an attorney? When, when, at what step in the process do you actually call up uh, uh, Dewey Cheatham and Howe to make your appointment with them? Well, on the, on the first denial, when you see the first denial, you'll say, uh, especially when you get your statement of case along with your denial, you'll You'll say, well, I, this looks like all this information's already there. Why ain't they reading it? Uh, with your first denial, I recommend at least uh, discussing it uh, with an attorney. And if you can get them hard on, go ahead and do it. And uh, it will save you a lot of heartache down the road. Some attorneys don't want to get involved that early in the claims process, but there's some uh, that don't mind it. And so you have shop around. There's some mighty fine attorneys out there. But uh, the first denial is the time to start looking at, at legal counsel. 
You know, it's any time you file your claim for the VA, they'll send you a letter saying that they received your claim, and they'll ask you about your representation. And they promote these veteran service organizations to be representation. And uh, most people, they buy into it, and they go ahead and, well, let's see, let's select uh, Pedro's Veterans Health Center, okay? So they check on the block, and Pedro's Veterans Health Center becomes their POA, which is power of attorney. And, uh, um, anytime you sign a POA, uh, that gives them uh, the football. They can run that football and do what they want to do with it. They can make decisions for you because they have your power of attorney regarding your VA claims. So be careful when don't get don't fall into that trap. You know, if you have a denial, uh, you get a denial letter. Find a good attorney. Uh, obviously, people are buying this because the attorneys that I spoke to lately are getting so busy it's hard to do anything. But that means their you know effectiveness is more than anything else. And there's one little tidbit of information that I hold back that I'll explain to you folks. With a veteran service organization, they cannot keep you out of, out of the AMC. If your claim gets remanded to the AMC, it goes to the AMC. If you have an attorney, he can argue against that and keep that claim out of the AMC. That's the biggest issue. Is, uh, That's an important issue, too, John, uh, yeah. where the attorney can keep it out of the AMC and thus doing so, he's saving you a lot of time because they collect a lot of dust there at the AMC. Actually, it's a veteran, should be a veteran's go, in my opinion, is to win your claim at the regional office. You know, if you can win your claim at the regional office, you're not better off. Uh, it might be worth going to a DRO hearing and review. You know, and uh, but really what I can see and what I've seen in the past and the 11,000 or so members on had it and the hundreds of thousands of claims that I've seen who had it and the folks that I've talked to personally, the regional office is the best place to get your claim decided. However, if you have to go to the next level, uh, that usually means a little more detail in depth. So once you get a denial letter, they'll send you a page of rules and regulations and laws that they denied your claim for. A, B, C, D, here's what we didn't do, what we didn't do. Um, you know, they um, try to promote and use legal precedent because the Title 38 CFR controls your claim. However, once it gets to the Board of Veteran Appeals, your information, your evidence is all scrutinized. It's all put together. It's all well organized. And now it really becomes legal precedent because they have people who work at the BBA who are attorneys and judges. And once they certify your claim, it's looked at to somebody who's actually allowed to practice law. Okay. Now, I don't think people with reason officer paralegals or, or attorneys, but should they be allowed to practice law? It's just like me. I'm not an attorney, and I don't practice law. You know, I'm not a doctor, I don't practice medicine. You know, there's 
people that's practiced medicine and not been doctors in the fucking prison. No. no. So, what's the difference? Always have someone to cover yourself. Get an attorney. You'll be a lot better off. You get what you pay for. If you pay for nothing, you're likely to get nothing. Go ahead, Gerald. Back to you. Yeah, and one important thing here. Uh, If you're going to file a claim, be certain. uh, uh, Obviously, you'd be going to the doctor because there's something wrong. Uh, Get a doctor's uh, statement. What's that form, John, that uh, you take to your doctors now that uh, you can have them fill it out? And also, uh, after they fill it out, they can also add a page with their opinion on it. My opinion, uh, so-and-so, uh, more than likely, uh, his ailment was caused more than likely uh, with his time in the service, uh, the job he had in the service or something. And right. uh, uh, BDQ? That's a DBQ. And uh, let me give. Yeah. Yeah, you can look. You can look at these forms at uh, www.benefits.va.gov backslash compensation backslash dbq underscore list by dbq form name dot asp. And yes, listen to this show. Write this down two or three times a little bit to recommend that. But these forms, okay, they have a form for. Uh, almost every condition. We've got cardiovascular, ischemic heart disease, artery and vein conditions, hypertension, heart conditions, non-HD, arrhythmia, vulvar disease, and cardiac surgery. We're dealing with dermatological, ENT, your nose, throat, uh, endocrine, diabetes, uh, gastrointestinal, uh, gen, 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 whatever it is. Or other things. Everything's got to go for. You take that form and you have your doctor fill that form out. There's no place on that form for that opinion, Joe. Uh, yeah, so you have that's to, why I said you had to add a, a, a like an attachment to the to the form uh, your doctor does. Uh, so that's something to remember. That's uh, like a nexus. You don't have a nexus, you ain't got what? Well, you don't have a service connection if you don't have a nexus. And uh, uh, have you been treated in the service for your ailment? Uh, you know, is there anything uh, that you went on sick call for that could be attributed uh, back to your ailment you currently are claiming? Uh, Right. Uh, you don't want to go in there and make, uh, you know, idle claims, uh, something that's not true. Uh, but uh, if, if, you know, you were seen in the in the service uh, uh, by the medics and what have you, and there's a record of it, it sure does help your case, I'll tell you that. It's a... It does help your case. 
But uh, you have to be careful with this stuff, you know. You have to be really careful with this stuff. You gotta play it very, very carefully. You have to make sure that your claim and your issues are factual. So that's what makes it rough. statements do come into play. Lay evidence uh, can be used. Uh, I don't know how much weight they put on them. I, I think if your claim was uh, pretty even uh, and you had some lay uh, a buddy letter that was, uh, you know, classified as lay evidence, uh, witness and something, uh, probably they would see things it would sway it over to your side other than that uh, of course I wouldn't be afraid to use buddy letters anywhere you could right especially if yeah. you had someone witness something that depends too whether they give it to credence or not you know, they treat them as lay statements, just a statement. They can deny it as easily can prove it. That's true. Yeah. And your statement, and your own statement, is a lay statement. You know that? Yes, it is. Unless you're a medical professional or something like that, or an engineer or a scientist or mm-hmm. something. They. You, that's why you need a a uh, a doctor outside IMO. IME is better than an IMO. You want a doctor that's actually examined you, treated you, and uh, uh, read all your pertinent evidence, uh, your claims file. That's something to remember. That's right. That's something to remember. Now, girl, let's take a break. We gotta pay some bills here. Okay. And uh, we'll be back, folks. Enjoy this nice little tidbit from Hadit.com. You're listening to the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind. Not on a jungle trail. Not on a desert trail and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com. Well, thanks for that good little uh, break there, John. That's a, that's a nice commercial you put in there. And if uh, any of the listeners out here would like to advertise on our podcast of Feel free to call us, and uh, we'll hook you up with T-Bird there. She's the one kind of takes care of that end of things. And uh, I've, I forgot early on, uh, let me give you our call-in number. Our call-in number is 347-237-5555. Now, this call-in number, once again, is 
237-4819. And uh, feel free to call in if you have a question or a comment. We'll, we'll do the best we can to get it taken care of. That's true. We'll do everything we can do to get you hooked up. Yeah. We'll, we'll tell you a tale or something. Sing you a song, nothing else. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you guys about playing uh, in the, I guess the appeal magazine is lasted. Started in 1944. Of course, I can't name names. This veteran, who's still alive, 90 years old, but still, you know, he's still kicking. He was in the military, got drafted, went to boot camp, you know, got a boot camp, which is learning the center. Did some other things, had a pretty decent little career there. But somewhere, to be exactly where he's at, but he uh, acquired active tuberculosis from some other person in the service, I can't believe it's that. And they missed the discharges person, but they're supposed to, you know. It's a pretty serious disease, there's no cure for it. It goes inactive, but there's no cure for it. So, they gave him 100%. I got him out. And this is back in the 40s. Well, in the 50s, they decided that it was inactive. You're no longer, you no longer get service connection for that, and you're you're cut off. They totally cut him off. So, from the 50s to the early 80s, which is about 30, 30 some years, he didn't get any VA comp at all. And uh, I guess it's zero percent or whatever they did to it. But he filed a uh, claim in a queue on an early decision. And they queued it and gave him a hundred percent back to a certain date. And then after a certain date, they cut down to thirty percent. So now he asked for an increase on his claim because. He's got some serious lung problems that started with the TB. And, uh, you know, they said, well, that's from smoking. Well, the veteran had to smoke over 60 years. <laughs> so, he was in the AMC for a long time, girl. Yeah. Oh, time. I bet he was. And they kept sending to nurse practitioners and nurse practitioners, and he went to a to a very famous uh, doctor and got a good IMO. But the VA took that IMO and split it over the road saying it tell a IMO and discredited the IMO. So that's where he's at now. Uh, it's fixing to hit the fan because I think there's some heavy hitters jumping on board. <clears throat> so I just wanted to kind of relate that so that it shows there's proof of what they do, you know. A complex claim, but this is not a very complex claim. This is TB and lung damage. Yeah, this, uh, but this is what you run into uh, with the VA. Uh, the situations or that you get put into are really something else, uh, and you you can't allow yourself to get discouraged. 
It's the way the VA operates. I doubt that they're going to change any time soon. So you have to be prepared to deal with it, and uh, that's why I was saying early on in the claims process, uh, the earlier the better, you can get an attorney involved. Uh, get an attorney involved. Uh, it can stop a lot of these delays. Not all of them, but it can stop some of them. Uh, you know, if, if you can avoid these delays, my land's eight years up. And then if it gets circled, uh, ring around the rosy again, uh, you got to go through that waiting period again. And it just seems like it never ends. And uh, that's a commonplace with, uh, that's by design. Uh, the VA has got everything designed that way where they eat you up in time. That's why so many veterans die, pass on, while they're waiting on their claims be processed and it's just it's not like, right it's kind of similar to going to Disney World and riding Dumbo you know you take the smaller kids up there and you put them on Dumbo and they'll ride that sucker all day long if they let it run all day with one group of kids on it they'd love it but there comes a time during that ride that the people on the ride will get sick of that ride you know because it's too long So that's well, what that, happens. Yeah, that is what happens. And uh, you don't know. You become bewildered. You know, you don't know. What have I done wrong? What's going on here? You're getting information out of the VA is like pulling teeth. Yes, and the information you do get a lot of times is uh, quite a ways from the truth. So you get to where you you know you can't depend on what they tell you. You don't get enough in writing to to do a whole lot. You can use their iris. I think the last two times I've used iris, uh, they haven't even responded to me. So uh, oh. I give that one up. Shut. I guess you shut out completely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, they got me nailed through the wall. They don't communicate, and, uh, you know, it's hard to call your regional office anymore you call 800 number, and you live in, say, you live in Virginia, and you call that number, you got to get a hold of somebody in Nevada. That's for sure. Uh, when did they start that, John? Wasn't that two or three years ago? Yeah, a couple of years ago. It was the, uh, it's the rolling system. Then they recommended that you can that you can use Iris to communicate. Yeah. And they would send a, you send a note to the VA, and they would tap your response back. And then they didn't realize, well, wait a minute, if I say something to that veteran in writing or in, when I tap it on the computer, all he's got to do is take a picture of that screen. He can print that off, and he's got what I said in writing. Yeah. Why did so I? Why? They're very 
that's it. Then they're very have... cautious what they say on Iris. Yeah, do a little thing on Hattie here in the next few days. Uh, I want to post a topic to uh, get some ideas of how, how people would fix the VA system. And uh, we're going to have a special show in a couple of weeks and uh, put everybody's ideas out. And I think that'll be, we'll probably get a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, people that call in and, and talk to us about this because there's a lot of folks with a lot of ideas of how to fix the VA. And, uh, well, sounds like we'll be doing a show with that, Yes. Uh, and the VA does need fixed. Uh, any recommendations would certainly be appreciated. And uh, we can gather them up and send them in to uh, that Mr. Shusiki. Uh, What's his name? Well, I, I don't know. And something that starts with an S is the only thing I can tell you. It's pronounced Shinseki. Shinseki? Yeah. Well, but folks, remember, remember, okay? Uh, <clears throat> he is not a politician. You know, he's a—I think he was a—he was a colonel or something in the military. And he retired, and he was appointed to his cabinet post as secretary of the Department of Veteran Affairs. So, basically, his job is to oversee the department. So, if you go out there and if you're driving a Cadillac. You look at your driveway in your garage right now, and you see that big emblem on the hood that says Cadillac? That emblem's there for one reason, to advertise that it's a Cadillac. That emblem has no power, can't do nothing. There's no button you push to control it to go up and down or to turn left or right. It's just an emblem. That's a figurehead. Figureheads basically are... Figureheads. They're, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of like the mouse that roared. There's no, uh, there's no power there to, to really do anything. Of course, you know, they're involved in the courts and the BBA and things like that because the name's there. You know, secretary does this or that. Well, I guarantee you, it's not really the secretary; it's his representative. So it's a, uh, it's basically, it's all, it's all a political joke. I think he only answers to the president, don't he, John? Yep, he does, and nobody answers to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a bad sure situation. The, I'm sure the VA thinks You know, if we had accountability within the VA, for some reason they've lost accountability, you don't have to, if you work for the VA, you don't have to account for nothing. I know there's a lot of good people that work for the VA, and uh, but they're just following orders. This is the orders that come down from the top to do things in such matter, and uh, you know, if you're an employee, you got to do what you're told, and uh, like it or not. The undersecretaries are the ones with the power. Because they're continuous uh, employees. I, I think uh, you're right about that. And uh, uh, they, they pull off a lot of 
a lot of these shenanigans, uh, always dreaming up new ones for some reason. They, why they want to be so tough on veterans, I don't know. Uh, the only one I ever heard of that had a good plan for that seemed to be workable, to me it did anyway, was uh, Professor Linda Bilmus. Um, bless her heart, she had a, a good idea. She said, you know, if insurance companies can settle claims in 30 days, there's no reason why the VA can't. Go ahead and award these claims and then come back and... and investigate them. Uh, they, of course, the VA claims fraud here and fraud there, and yes, once in a while they do catch someone uh, creating fraud and uh, doing a no-no, and boy, when they do, they paste it all over the papers, news, and everything else. Uh, but it's not that often. The uh, percentage is very low. So, the VA's not gaining that. Well, they are gaining something. They're ripping a lot of uh, deserving veterans out mm -hmm. of their uh, due compensation. And uh, we have more veterans coming home from the Middle East. They're going to have uh, mostly the same kind of problems. Uh, I hope they don't, but I'm way it looks, I don't see any indication that anything's changing. Well, there's no accountability, Joe, in all levels of the VA. You have no accountability at the regional officers, meds, BVA, or at the AMC. There's, you know, there's no one to keep them accountable. And so basically, you can say the entire BVA has no accountability. Nobody answers nothing. They don't fire nobody. So, now... Why can't they have some, some type of accountability, some program to oversee that and to check and make sure, you know, checks and balances to make sure they're doing it right? You know, Paul Silver, our last guest, always, you know, complains that, you know, they got to get it right. Checks and balances. Now, you know, the, B, the VA is divided into two different entities. you got the VBA and the VHA. Well, the VHA... Is it, you know, it's a different entity. I mean, a lot of veterans don't understand that. But every veteran's hospital, you know, every, so, so every once in a while, they get a visit from these folks called uh, the real inspectors. And it's called the Joint Committee Health, JCO, I guess they call it. And JCO has the power to shut down the hospital. Do you know that, Gerald? Yeah, um, I don't know. Could the attorney generals or, uh, well, the IG, mm -hmm. uh, couldn't they come in and, and do something? Somebody's got to have the power. Who do they work for? Huh? Who do they work for? Well, they work for the government. Uh, they work for the VBA. Yeah. Sure do. That's, it's got to be an outside uh, entity that has no power to the VA. Yeah, it'd have to be a third party with the power to uh, do something. 
we'll get at that in the next show. We'll discuss that in the in the show in a couple of weeks. You know, we'll get some ideas together. I mean, it's uh, you can be proactive, folks. If you like in the veteran community and uh, you want to get involved with this, and say if you've been dealing with stuff for a long time, uh, join your uh, veterans coalition for one of your representatives. You know, and let's listen to what they have to say. Uh, as long as you weed through the, uh, uh, you know, some of the flag waving chest numbers, uh, you know, to see the actual situation, then uh, you'll be okay. Uh, because what it's going to take is going to take idealism from people that want it fixed in order to fix the problem. And that's the biggest issue is getting this ship straight, getting the water out of it, floating it back, and remanning this sucker because right now the hole is rusty, the engines don't work, and she's sinking. Uh, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I, for one, uh, would like to see just one veterans organization out there Uh one uh, percent of Americans is all that's uh, served, and uh, right now, I think during World War II there was quite a, it was a lot higher percentage. But uh, veterans don't have a strong voice, and whenever it's divided up among all these separate veterans groups, it's it's uh, it's. Uh, the veterans uh, are diluted to the point uh, where nobody pays attention to them. And if they were all moved, all these different veterans organizations would generate one big one. Uh, I think we could wield a little more power when it comes to legislation. Uh, For whatever reason, uh, some of these groups don't seem to get along with other groups, and that's not how we can get things done, folks. We we have to join hands and and move as a unit. Uh, if we don't, nothing's going to change. It's by design, yeah. take, huh? It's by design. <laughs> the Biden conquer. <laughs> well, that's what's happened. Uh, and uh, what gets me, a lot of these uh, groups, have, they're furnished uh, offices. I guess their phone bills are covered and a whole bit uh, by uh, the VA. However, I, I feel that... Uh, only one group, uh, there should only be one group. We're all veterans. It should be a veterans group. Uh, call it what you will. Uh, and uh, we we have to start moving as a unit. We can't be divided and do anything. That don't work. Never has, never will. Well. My philosophy is this. If you want to file a claim and you contact one of these organizations and the service officer tells you to meet them at a certain place, and you walk in that certain place and there's about a 30, 40-foot bar sitting there and a bunch of old drunk vets around it, 
get the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, com. There's enough information right there if you can research any condition. You know, because you 11,000 members, I'm sure somebody else is probably in the same boat you're in. Uh, you're absolutely right, John. And uh, uh, it does have an excellent search engine. You type what, what you're, you know, you're researching in there, and uh, chances are uh, you're going to get you're going to come up with, with some uh, responses. And the uh, same thing, uh, you can post there on Addit to become a member and post. Uh, I don't know if non-members can post or not. Uh, can you answer that, John? Post in the form you have to join. And when you join, um, it's going to take a little bit of time because, you know, the people on the side, the moderators, and the people that do the actual approvals of the people, it takes a few minutes in order to uh, let them see you. I mean, we don't want people coming on. It's, uh, we have have a lot of, well, I guess, there's spammers or other people try to come on and you know, sell products and things like that. And that we have doesn't do that. So every new member is actually scrutinized. It's, it's not being nitpicked. It's just want to make sure that you who you say you are. And uh, so you know because. You know, we've got memberships all over the world. And uh, you wouldn't believe the number of of uh, spammers and things like that that we do get that we catch and we have to get rid of. So, uh, you know, feel free to join. Your first couple of posts might be red flagged. Uh, but I'm not able to look at your post. Uh, once it's looked at your post, they can approve it. And after a couple of posts, a few posts, you'll get promoted right into the forum. You can start handling all you can start doing all you research and things like that too and you can start posting away, getting help. Uh, you know, you can use your private messenger and talk to people. Uh, it's a pretty good deal. You know, yeah, and I remember that, it, uh, there's never a fee on habit. Uh, I mean, this is all volunteer work. Uh, and uh, so you don't have to worry about a fee or nothing and and all the information, uh, uh, you know, you can keep it private if you want. There's other sites out there too, folks. I mean, that, you know, that you can get help with. But uh, from what you know, I've been told and what I know, uh, most people will usually want to look at it.com. So. Again, you get what you pay for, but had it's a grassroots, uh, grassroots type site, you know. It was built, it's got a strong foundation, and its information is gold. Yeah, it sure is. And uh, you have a dedicated team of elders there that will go out of the road to be sure to answer your whatever questions uh or inquiries you may have, and uh, tr and try to be certain that it's correct. It, it, it's just not off the cuff thing or or nothing. Uh, the information they do 
relay to you it will be as correct as they can possibly have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, if you get a representative to help you with your claim, and, uh, and it could be anybody, it could be a VSO. I mean, that service organizations are okay. You know, they've got a job to do. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it makes feel proud joining one, you know, you wear a little beanie hat and things like that and go to all these uh, conventions and things like that. And if that's what you do, that's cool. You know, I applaud you for that, and I'm glad you're standing up for the and whatever you know, and you're honoring that service. Um, Make sure your advice is good, though, when you get advice from individuals on claims. Uh, people on had will tell you to get an independent medical examination. And because the VA is going to examine you with a CMP examination. And I still recommend getting an IMO from an outside doctor because evidence wins claims. Positive evidence increases the chances of winning the claim. Negative evidence, even if written by a uh, nurse, can ruin your claim. Because they can take her opinion over anybody else's or his opinion, excuse me. And they can go with that. It might ruin your claim until you get to a certain level in the field process. The legal precedent kicks back in. But sometimes you're blinded by that. So, um, the better opinion you've got when you go into it, the better off you're going to be. If they discount the opinion, that just gives you more legal horsepower to fight back. So. Yes, the medical statements are important. Uh, you nearly have to have them, and I. Outside doctor, it, it's uh, hard to get a VA doctor to say, well, now this uh, injury here, uh, uh, this ailment here, this bum knee you got, I can tell you got it in the service. And <coughs> I assure you they'll come up with 10 dozen reasons why they can't say that because they're not sure. Uh, you know why, Drew? Huh? Well, they don't want to get... Uh, uh, another popular question today. Who do they work for? They work for the VA. <laughs> VA says you don't make any diagnosis such as that. <laughs> I mean, didn't Confucius say a man, man who shoots up an old foot is quite the fool? Yeah. Yeah. As they also said, if the last thing with Jones, you don't need to keep up. (laughs) (laughs) That's why, now, another little tidbit that uh, needs to be addressed. If you get an IMO, you make sure that that doctor who writes that IMO lays his credentials out there is education and the rationale. The biggest important thing on IMO is medical rationale. Medical rationale is your, is your nexus because the doctor has to do some work on it. He has to look and research it and say, okay, 
Well, according to so-and-so, directory, so-and-so, so-and-so, whatever, this condition is caused by scientific research, so-and-so, so-and-so, and it could be attributed to the veteran service because of issue A, B, or C. That's how we need to write it up. The most important thing is the metrics. Now, a good thing about this is an MD or somebody with research capability, like uh, docs that we know, a couple doctors we know, they can take this information and make a good necklace. I don't think a nurse has the capability. You, girl, I don't believe a nurse has been to medical school. You? Uh, no, I don't know how much weight a nurse's uh, statement would count. I mean, you know, how much weight they'd put into it. Of course, they're going to take a medical doctor's uh, statement over a nurse. Not necessary. Not in the step one process, because the VA put a directive about several years ago saying that we're going to start using practicing nurse nurse practitioners for our CMP exams, and their opinions will be taken. They started doing this. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it's right because I've seen some of the work. <laughs> uh, it's far for it don't even give the impression of being a professional written document. So uh, yeah, it's, it's they're pretty sorry. Um, however, they'll take theirs over. You could have the best doctor in the world, and they'll still take that nurse practitioner. So you got to fight it out in court, <laughs> and that's what it boils down to. Uh, you get the best medical opinion you can, tied to your claim. You got to show a nexus there of, of your your involvement in the service and your injury. Uh, it's got to be tied all together. Well, ladies, Gerald, we got a minute and a half left. Let's go ahead and wind this thing down. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, we ought to slow her down here a bit. I, don't, I hate to come to a screeching hall. A lot of breaks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, well, John, I thank you for uh, being on here with me. And uh, uh, we want to thank the Haddock website for their uh, for sponsoring us and and all of our listeners, our audience out there. Uh, be sure to know you can call in at any time and and question us. If you have questions, you can give them to us on uh, the Haddock uh, website. And also... Uh, Want you all to have a great, safe week. And this will be Gerald Cook and John Stacy. We're signing off for now.